Hi, and welcome to Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast, highlighting artists, teachers, authors, and philanthropists of the regenerative movement, people with a planetary purpose. My name is Julian Guderlei, and in today's episode, I'm hosting an interview with Iola Baker. Iola is a photographer, muralist, public speaker, writer, community engagement activator, and she's best known for her six-year Jump for Joy photo project, which started in 2012 photographing thousands of people, I was one of them, um, from all walks of life to capture and share the energy of joy and creating several large-scale public art murals with her images uplifting people around the world. And so just recently, uh, Yola went through a um, progression of her artwork, developing a new passion, which she calls Light Realm Photography. And this is what we're going to talk about today, showcasing light and the continually evolving creative expression that, that comes through through artwork. So with these words, welcome to the show. I'm excited for our conversation. Me too. Really happy to be here and connect with you, sharing more energy. <laughs> yeah, I remember that Jump for Joy session. Um, I'm going to dig out some old photos and put them, put them under the, um, th this post as well. This was such a fun project. You, for years, documented people jumping in full expression and then uh, I remember in Vancouver, actually, I saw this mural. Um, it just lit up my whole day, literally. Yeah, that was a really incredible project because it actually started from a point where I wasn't feeling joyful. And I felt like I kind of had this um, vision come together where if I could create and share joy on a mass scale that maybe I could impact people. So um, scientifically speaking, I kind of proved my point that it really did that. So it was, it completely changed my life. It completely impacted people in ways that beyond what I could imagine. So that was um, a really incredible experience. And it connected me to all kinds of people like you, who are also impacting the world in a really positive way. How many people did you get to jump at the, at the end of these six years span? You know, I've never actually counted it, but I'm well over a thousand mm -hmm. at least. If I, I mean, just the murals alone had like, gosh, at least, oh, I guess I'm well past a thousand. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's a fascinating image to, to, to picture. And so what I wanted to jump on um, this, this recording with, with you is, is really the progression of your artwork, because I, I remember this like super ex expressive, you know, out loud kind of um, photo session like jumping, like air kicks, you know, <laughs> movements, whatever people chose to embody in those, in those moments. Yeah. You recently went to Mount Shasta, in Mount Shasta area. And um, you want to tell a little bit about that journey? Because I, I feel like it, it's calling in like an artistic quality that I'm fascinated with, which is light and the, the reflection of light that, that we are. Yeah, well... I mean, the whole process of me even getting to Shasta was one of those synchronicities where it was like, I ran into someone I hadn't seen in two years. They invited me up for, to do photos, because I'm a photographer, of their um, retreat center that they are doing healing retreats. So they have all these different um, spiritual healers coming and renting out this space on an 80-acre property. Um, and I just like walked in and energetically it's in a vortex. So it's just like this incredible healing land in the forest. 
And something about it just hit me and made me feel really at home and grounded. And I've been a vagabond for like nine years since I was doing that Jump for Joy project. So it was the first time I really settled somewhere for a minute. Um, and when I was up there, he was like, you know, I need somebody to kind of be here because he lives in LA. Um, what do you think about staying for a few months and just being on the property? And I was like, yes, amazing. So I basically glamped <laughs> in the forest. So I was like right in the forest, in this beautiful energy, having all these groups of like high frequency people coming through, doing healing, everything you can possibly imagine from like energy work to uh, DNA, DNA reprogramming, and past life regret, like everything. I, stuff I'd never even heard of before. For those so I was who know, Shasta is like a, a spot, and for those who don't know, it, it's one of those energy vortices on the planet where, yeah, where just like naturally a lot of uh, really strong high frequency energy occurs. High frequency energy. So I was in this environment around all these energetic healers, and I started to notice that when I would do photos with the light, I mean, I was just getting all this incredible what most photographers would call sun flare, but it felt so beyond that because as a photographer, I've never experienced anything quite like what I was getting. So I started doing these sessions with people where we would come together and it was reminiscent of the joy thing where we would like do movement and energy. And I would feel in the same way that we'd all feel energized from jumping. I was getting that same kind of energy, but then all this beautiful, um, I guess you'd call them orbs or, light beings or light flare like depending what side of the spectrum you're on the more spiritual the more fascinating and like um, otherworldly they seemed you know and um, so I sort of transitioned out of this energy of joy to this light energy frequency and that just totally shifted my direction into what I'm doing now it's curious to me to hear you say you know as a photographer because in those jump for joy sessions we like clearly it was about capturing the body in movement yeah then you know when i play with a camera and i wouldn't say i'm a professional photographer in that sense you know and certainly have an artistic expression through my photos but i'm, I'm not doing this every day and i haven't done that for like a decade you know professionally so so for me when light flares show up they're fascinating but I, I basically remember that for a lot of people, depending on where you are on the spectrum, they're, they're not what you're trying to capture. What you're trying to capture is the actual person or the object or, or whatever. And so you're basically focus on those. You're focusing on them, but also because they started showing up more in this spot with these kind of people. So basically, like if, if it's just a light flare of the sun, maybe it's a light flare off the person, bouncing literally off the person into, into your camera. Well, that's what's interesting. And um... We were talking at one point about how science is sort of proving these unprovable things that are part of history, you know, like different Aboriginal people will be more connected to something like this on a spiritual level and more open to the idea of things that are, you know, beyond what we can explain. And I think that's what started to happen is that I would because I was focusing so much on the light and the lens flare and what was coming through that I have to say it feels magical because I'm not doing anything technically to change the color of the light coming in or, I mean, I literally was using my camera on autofocus, mm -hmm. auto setting. So that's why I say as a photographer, like 
it felt so magical because these different kinds of shapes were coming in. They're not even lined up necessarily. They're, they're spherical, they're um, a variety of colors, and they seem to really be different in different light, in different energy with different people. And, I'm no, and I noticed that the more that we breathed and moved, I was able to bring in more. And I know that sounds like probably a little woo woo, but it really happened. And for watching the video episode of this, there's one of those pictures right behind you, right? Where you can see yeah. the spherical kind of shape of the light. Yeah. You, you know, the first thing it makes me think of is, um, I was at a Forbes event in Detroit, which is kind of uh, unlike Mount Shasta. And uh, just last winter, actually, October or November or something, and they had a photo booth there where you were able to take a Kirlian photography of your aura. Yeah. And so that was like a, a dark dome, and within the dome, the, the camera would picture or capture all the light around your body, um, which... It's it very similar to that. Very similar to that. Yeah. Um, they, they had to set up this entire dome and like create this like vacuum space almost. Uh-huh. So, What's fascinating to me, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an energy geek and, and those who know me well know I, I'm fascinated with Qigong and yoga and breath work and, mm -hmm. and all these realities. And, and so, so lights flared like in a camera do show up during a, a regular day as well. It's just a very um, little talked about topic, I would say. And it, it's something that, you know, when I hear teachers of mine or other people speak about it, it's more like a, an extrasensory ability that Mm -hmm. can be distracting or can also inform you about the quality of connection that's being formed or the quality yeah. of energy you can share with the person. Totally. And I feel like, just like you were saying, like different colors would show up around different people. Um, and I'm, because this is a new thing I've been developing and going towards, I'm still kind of like at a point where I'm like, I know something otherworldly is connecting with me on an energetic level because of the way that they came through, I, I say they, it's almost like they're like little beings or codes or like codes, yeah. I don't know how to, I'm still so in awe and shock of what comes through my camera that literally, I don't know if you remember doing this with the jump for joy ones, but when I would show you this, the like, Oh my gosh, look at how high you are. And look at this thing is the same thing. It's like, I get so excited about, what comes through because I'm not fully able to explain it or understand it myself yet. But energetically, I could notice a difference if we did movement and breathing at what would come through. Even though I can consistently get it, I know how to angle it, I know how to do all of that thing, but um, the colors would be different, the shapes would be different. Like and usually, spheres, or would the quality of energy of the moment be different? Both. both, both, yeah. And um, I mean, part of the movement and breathing is to get people out of their minds so that they're not aware of the camera. And that was something I learned as well through distraction and playing and like, you know, trying to get people out of their mind and into their body and energy and have that flow fluidly. And then um, I was able to even like line up uh, the light on people's chakras. Wow. So it was, yeah, so we would walk away and I would have this like, my whole body would heat up when I would be doing the work. And both of us would just walk away feeling like we did a healing session. So it's this thing where it's like, I'm doing this thing, but I'm not even sure what I'm doing yet. 
if that makes any sense. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense from the like intuitive healing background and perspective of yeah. the energy spot, like, like Shasta, people's intentions coming in, right? People's um, desire for healing most likely opens that space even more. But it's almost like you're bringing something into the aware understanding of that person's experience that was possibly before in the unseen realm of energies yeah. or like spirits or angels or or, or other um ways of, of allowing to, to align yeah yeah and that's exactly what it feels like while you're doing it and i can be i can place them i can move them i know how to kind of work with them and um it's yeah it's been a really incredible experience to do that and i i have started this fascination now like each place that I've been, I've done some photos in a few different places now, and the things that come through are different colors. They are different shapes. So now I'm like, one of my goals is to be able to go around the world to all these different high frequency places and do photos with these high frequency people and just see what comes through. This is like a scientific wow. study too. <laughs> like to be able to be like, how the does longer this- longer version of, of uh, Jump for Joy. The... Yeah, like a, 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 a maybe a more light infused energy um, on a different, I mean, I call it light realm because it feels like it's something that is coming through and traveling through. And it's something that's always there, but we don't always see it. So somehow I'm able to capture these shapes and energies. And I quite often can see more detail than my camera is able to capture through the lens. So that's also really fascinating. Okay, so sometimes it doesn't show up on the screen as detailed as it actually was present for you in the moment. Because it's too bright, so it burns through. Yeah. So there was, there was a few, I did some in this, um, this place called Pluto's Cave in Mount Shasta, which is this huge underground cave that was at one time used by the local native communities for really sacred journeys and stuff like that. And there's a whole hole above it and the light comes through and I did some in there and they were so interesting. They had, um, I'll try and describe it because it, it, what, that was one of the things that wasn't able to come through. It was almost like I, I've, I keep leaning towards calling these things beings or codes or something because they seem to have their own coding or I don't know. And I'm at the beginning of this new place where I'm just so fascinated and I'm learning constantly um it'd be really interesting to speak to a, like a scientist about this but um anyway these these shapes came through and the, you can tell that they're spherical and three-dimensional but there were these bright light um almost they almost look like sockets i don't know how to explain it otherwise but they didn't come through in the images but i could actually see them but they were so bright that it just like the the photo wasn't able to um, distinguish them from the rest of the thing. People have sometimes mm -hmm. photos, but more in the space, or you actually saw it in the reflection of your lens? While I was looking through the lens, I could see, I can see more detail than is able to be presented just because of the way photos work. Like if you get too much, too much light, it burns it out. It so that's what started to happen. That's it's so really, really interesting to me. You know, <laughs> I'm so excited what, about it. What this makes me think of actually is another interview that I recently watched. Um, and I can share it with, with, with you for sure. I'll, I'll mention it so people can find it as well. It's um, a channel called, I believe, Lilo Mace is her name. She, she did yeah, that. I did an interview with her for oh, Jeff for Joy. Her as well. That's yeah. so 
So she interviewed Dr. Joe Dispenza just recently. And yeah. Dr. Joe was speaking about his sessions and his like deeper three-day, five-day immersions. And that was the first time I heard him speak about um, beings entering the space at the peak hour of meditation. And it's, it was, you could see it was a slightly uncomfortable topic for him because it, as, as you said, like it would be curious to talk with a scientist about it to, to continue to prove more of things that are already like available or perceivable for many people, mm-hmm. um, but are not commonly kind of languaged, you know? And so I totally feel you on that notion when I see or perceive like, like these kind of energetic light Mm-hmm. Airs, no matter if it's during daylight I, I personally get this a lot in the forest yes so when there's trees around that are like way older than me it gets mm-hmm. the quality of light gets much better instantly um, so I'm not surprised about Shasta in that in that regard yeah I, I'd be curious to understand more how um, how many people relate to it because it's also something really personal you know this might be much more common than we think Simply yeah. we're describing the physical space the same way. Well, this plant is green and then this tree is uh, old or, or has a brown um, kind of trunk. Those are very physical descriptors. Rarely when you connect with someone, you actually go into the space of describing the energy and the quality of energy. So that's the thing that's so interesting. Like, I, I mean, if you do go through and take a look at the um, light round photos, you'll see that there's a huge spectrum of how they come through. So, I mean, I've had everything from clusters of rainbows to, you know, beams and circles and like all different shapes. Some of them are um, hexagons. Some of them are, um, yeah, uh, sometimes there's just a purple shoot of light coming down. I mean, it's really, really interesting and, because like I said, when I'm working energetically with people, it does pick up what they, like what we're both bringing to the thing and it is personal for that person. And the feedback that I've had from people doing it has been like, wow, you know, that was totally not what I expected. I feel totally shifted. I feel, you know, so there's something going on as we're bringing through the light. And I, um, The other thing I wanted to say is that I think this has actually been something that people have been aware of for hundreds of thousands of years. I mean, even if you look at religion, people are describing spirit as light, you know, like this is something that's maybe more common, but again, something that hasn't scientifically kind of been something that's been proven. Do you know what I mean? Right. Also, if we look at it realistically, the science paradigm really wanted to prove the physical objective objectable kind of world first right it's it's the same as like a hundred years ago our industries and our desire as a collective weren't to live in harmony with nature we wanted to first learn how to manifest and build anything we wanted we wanted to build water faucets and houses and cars for everyone and now that we've done that for quite a bit we're realizing oh what about the other side of that right and an ecological awareness and i think scientifically it's, it's similar we we wanted to understand density first because we, we didn't really have a, 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 like a solid way of describing it pre-science, I would say. And so mm-hmm. I'm totally with you. Like if you look at any kind of uh, religious um, depiction, you know, what is a halo other than energy around someone's neck and, and, and head? And um, chakras are obviously um, a very yeah. 
And that's what I feel like I'm connecting to is that energy and that light and being able to just capture that in a way that is um, represented through the energy that's being exchanged and the sunlight. And I know there's other technical things like I was saying lens flare, it would be like the logical explanation, but then what is lens flare other than a refraction of light? And what is that refraction? what is that refraction uh, can't even say it whatever <laughs> reflect how do you say it refraction 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 yeah yes <laughs> that took me five times to get it out <laughs> but um that refraction has its own purpose and its own existence i mean if we're able to see it just through the naked eye and just through a camera lens and then be able to you know translate that in a way that we can visually see it or read it or connect to it i think that's a whole unexplored area hmm. talking about unexplored areas i want to dive into a little bit more of a personal um part of this of this this interview okay. because i feel like coming from you know being a photographer the jump for joy project now going into the light realm of of your your photo expression mm -hmm. it's very it feels like a very unique or individual path right and mm -hmm. because being an artist is something that is possibly in everyone but not for everyone because it, it comes with with you know all, all kinds of consequences that i you know every artist I, I interview speaks about about that in a way is like people dream about being an artist or a musician but also it really means like going with the flow of the ups and downs and the intuitive guidance to what to do next and how to express it mm -hmm. so i want to know from you like how much do you think this is this is accessible to you simply because of who you are and how, how you go with life. And because this is a very unique topic that I, I think deserves a lot more focus in our society. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, as you said, like there's, it, it's something that most people don't even look at, right? So yeah. what your individuality or your uniqueness bring into that equation? Um, well, I think, I think it's actually being at this point right now for me, I had to go through a lot to get to a point to be open enough to see this even for myself or like i'm still on this kind of like i don't know what to call it like i'm not fully like a hundred percent like this is what this is you know what i mean i mean i i feel like i was a late bloomer i didn't really get into photography until my mid-30s and at that point for probably 10 years i was like oh i like to take pictures but i didn't call myself a photographer another five years before i was like oh i'm an artist so it's like it's been actually even becoming an artist and owning my creativity has been a process in itself and then the light the jump for joy project was still focused outward whereas this one is a little bit more like it's coming through me and i think that's also a big part to being at this spiritual retreat center and doing a lot of internal work myself so it's like the more open i am it's like the more access i have to um to being open to sharing and capturing something like this, you know, and, and, and also attaching what energetically and, and maybe even maybe there's some healing happening for me and the other person. Whereas 10 years ago, I would never have been had the capacity mentally or emotionally to be able to go there and see that if I'm, if you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. I, I want to know more about that process of trusting um what kind of becomes possible sorry i just lost you for a second are you still there yeah absolutely i'm talking to you but i can't see you anymore <laughs> 
So I'll just assume you're there. <laughs> I'm right here. Um, the, the, the next question was about trusting that process or tr trusting um, this interview right now, even, even though you might not be able to. Exactly. Look at me talking about seeing things you, you have to trust that aren't there. Yeah, so um, what would you say is required for you to trust? Like, how does that process feel like or look like on the inside? Quite honestly, I think um, doing internal healing work and just cutting through all old traumas, releasing a lot of um, past uh, stuff that I was kind of like hiding myself behind for most of my life, I would say. Um, and I think that's part of why it took me so long to open up because being a, uh, an artist is super vulnerable. You're sharing um, really personal, your personal insides out is sort of how I look at being an artist or a photographer because everything that I'm capturing is a reflection of who I am. So if you were to look at my photos from when I started taking them until now, you'd see a drastic change in my focus and how I looked at the world and how I shared what I saw. So um, I feel really good about what I'm seeing right now and I'm really excited about sharing that. Um, and I think it's also exposing a whole other layer of who I am internally too. And there's a lot of risk involved. I've been, you know, a vagabond bouncing around. I haven't made a lot of money. My whole thing is that whole star starving artist thing is what I'm leaving behind now, but it does take a lot of risk and it takes a lot of um, getting over fear to just be even able to, you know, represent yourself publicly like that. It feels very vulnerable to me. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I think it's important yeah. for people to, to connect with, with the realness of what it, what it takes sometimes um, mm -hmm. to be vulnerable to like publicly stand for your work, even though it, you're discovering the sense making as you go sometimes. Completely. And sometimes you don't know why you're doing it or, I mean, even shifting from Jump for Joy photo project, which was super popular. Everyone can relate to it. It's really easy and fun right. and light. It is light also, but it's kind of more like anyone can understand it, you know, and that was part of the beauty of it is that it, it, it doesn't matter what your belief system is. It doesn't matter all of that. Anyone can be like, oh, I get why that's fun. I get why that makes me feel good. For joy. Yeah, but then now I'm totally shifting into something that's a little bit out there for a lot of people, you know, and a little bit out there for me, if I'm honest, you know, like, this is, like I said, I'm going a little deeper with this and expressing myself and, you know, labeling light flare as beings, you know, like that's a big shift. <laughs> so I think that um, you have to be willing to uh, allow people to not like it or, you know, really be ready to not know what the response is going to be. and then try and believe in it anyway and try and share it anyway. And that's sort of, I think, the most challenging part of being an artist. It's also very connected to, pur to purpose in that sense, right? I, I feel like mm -hmm. we spoke about healing and internal healing a few times now. So yeah. in another episode um, about mastering flow states um, with Justin and, and, and Jackie, we were talking about, um, this just like two, three months ago, we were talking about this triad of healing and once you do enough healing work intuition frees up and once intuition mm -hmm. is tapped in purpose always shows up yeah. but it's really a cycle where 
you know, um, and the same ultimately goes goes for me with with the media work and like the evolution of that and and the coaching work I offer and do is there's a consistent healing, intuiting, and then purposing or or coming or expressing from purpose. And mm-hmm. I think otherwise I wouldn't even personally choose a path like this because just creating a formula that you know works and that sounds like a pop song to me. You know, it, it's something that is consumable, but it's nothing that actually regenerates. Right. Uh, great energy and and purpose has another quality to it yeah i mean i think my purpose with this new direction is also again it's almost like a jump for joy was my leaping off point and now i'm just like going into something else but i feel like there's a lot of parallels as far as purpose as far as like wanting to uplift humanity through my artwork was like a huge purpose for me and that was the first time I felt like I had a purpose when I was doing Jump for Joy and now I feel like I'm just doing that purpose but in a different kind of level or uh, level's the wrong word um because I don't think things are very linear but <laughs> um just to Let try and see the circle right Another, another area of depth within myself I guess to be able to expose um, a different energetic, I guess, um, that may or may not appeal to as many people and to take that risk and be like, okay, maybe this isn't as easy for everyone to enjoy. Maybe it's more confusing because it's not as obvious what I'm doing, but I still feel like my purpose ultimately is to be able to share an uplifting energy and connect with people and, you know, generally i have been doing these photos in nature so there's like this other element of being able to connect with that beautiful energy that comes from being in nature that that makes us feel connected you know so there's um there's a lot of that involved as far as what i feel my purpose is with my artwork you know not just pretty (laughs) it is pretty to look at but i feel like there's more behind it for me um, so this was the fascinating thing about Jump for Joy as well. Uh, I remember that and I, I, I'd be happy to share that story briefly because Jump for Joy sounded like a really cool campaign when you first introduced it to me like six or seven years ago when, when we yeah. met in Vancouver. And instantly understandable. I could see the mural before you put the mural up. But then actually the session we had when we walked around in, in nature, um, you know, the, finding the spot, Take, like literally take, getting ready and then taking off, doing the biggest jump you can do. Yeah. Like, it was more like an energetic exchange or like the whole experience in itself. And I can, I, I remember it for one, also because I, I did end up falling into a river at the end. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> just to jump as much as I could. And, and it was winter and it was Vancouver, so it was really cold. That was actually the beginning of my ice ba- bathing right there. Yes. <laughs> I'm so glad to have introduced that to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it came through you first and then Wim Hof. Yeah. <laughs> and so it wasn't like an energetic exchange and, and a session in itself. And so I could totally see how, especially in the healing communities or people that work a lot with energy or like, you know, the, the idea of Qigong or Reiki mm-hmm. energy mastery, that it would be a fascinating part of a therapy or bringing mm-hmm. awareness in a playful way to mm-hmm. one's own energy body and the energies we're connecting with because you're making them visible, right? Yeah. It's, it's like I said before, it's very similar to, and, and it very well could be capturing the aura of people 
and when people are really kind of um, grounded and in themselves, which is part of, you know, like I said before, the movement and the breathing and like bringing people really out of their mind and into this beautiful exchange and then being able to show them like, look what's coming through in this moment is, um, it's really beautiful. And I know that there is something happening physically, which is another thing about jump for joy. Like you can physically change your state, you know, just by jumping and having the intention and lifting you up, like your whole body comes alive and your whole body's activated. So that's also happening when I'm doing these light photos. And sometimes I still get people to jump around because it's like, it, it, it um, opens you in a way. And that was what I realized after years of doing this is that joy really does open your heart. It really does connect you with people. It really does change the way you feel instantaneously. It might not be a permanent shift, but um, I can't tell you how many people came to me with the most beautiful responses to how this affected their life. Like not just that day, but how it changed their perspective going through um, their everyday life on how they interact with people. And, you know, like, so I feel like something that was just a theory in the beginning turned into something that I was like, wow, this really works. So I'm hoping I'm on that same track again. Um, and because it's evolving, I mean, I've been doing this not even a year yet, this new kind of direction. And I'm already feeling like some of the feedback is really reminding me of that same thing. Like, people are just saying, wow, that really changed something for me. So it's, it's really gratifying. And it does feel like it has a grander purpose. A second thought to inviting a scientist into that dialogue would, would be to connect specifically with people that have, um, have a connection to Dr. Imoto's work. The water mm. Oh, yes. Yes. With the water? Yeah. Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that, that there was a whole team of researchers with this Japanese researcher called Dr. Emoto um, that took photography, like, you know, like a... Yeah. Uh, like high... High, high definition. Yeah, exactly. When, when you see a lot of detail and um, yeah. uh, of water molecules. And so it reminds me of, of that work in a... Not in a distant way, but it reminds me of that work. It, it's it's something really curious. It could be woo for some people, but at the same time, it's unless we explore those um, frontiers of reality in our shared space, mm -hmm. I think we're we're very well already robots, and I, I don't think the human being is here to be a robot. Yeah, but actually, I think it's more similar than now that you brought that up. I think yeah. it's actually super in line with that because we are made up of so much water. So if we're having this really positive energetic exchange, and I don't know if you remember, but I usually get really excited about the photo sessions. So it's like, I'm giving this really positive energy in exchange with someone. So that's got to affect your body in some way, you know? Um, well, if then we're made up of so much water. Us to say, what is the light fractal that you're actually capturing, right? So if there's, because here's the thing, again, we talked about this off, off the recording uh, earlier, like in a, a forest, like those are visible to our naked eye, which is really talking yeah. about them, right? In some energetic spaces, they're visible to, to, to quite a few people actually. Yeah. And so what are we seeing? It's the light breaking over something. And so if it's sunlight breaking, it might very well be water or a form of water in the air or like the, you know, that 
the molecule of water that's like present in the air because the air has has water molecules. Yeah, exactly. I I don't know. It's worth it's worth researching and looking into. I'm I know. Avoided all this because it's totally me nerding out over one of my favorite topics, which is energy and colors. Oh, I love that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let me ask you um, two more questions. And one of them is, is really grounded. Um, you know, Shasta is a place that um, showed up a lot in this, in this conversation. But if you were to mention three places in the world that you just are in love with, energetically or just because they're beautiful, mm -hmm. um, what would be those three spaces? And that I might want to do photos like this? Um, I'm really fascinated in, with pyramids right now because they're such a central place for so much um, energetic and just curiosity. Like there's so much, we don't know. We don't have that knowing in those locations and they're generally in very high frequency energies. I could name like so many places that have high frequency, but I'm in Mexico, there's lots of pyramids in Egypt, in, um, I'm not only fascinated with, with pyramids, but there are places I've been already, like Sedona has like, is known for their um, high frequency vortexes. Um, let's see, Hawaii has also, um, gosh, there's so many. I mean, I've, I've been spending a lot of time in Montecito and I have to say, I'm sure that's a vortex there. The energy there is incredible. Um, and even just saying that, I know that some people are like, what is she talking about with, but places have energy and you can really feel um, the different energy in, in locations if you're sensitive to that. And I've, I've been finding that the more uh, work internally I did, like you were talking earlier about um, connecting to your intuition, that I'm able to really be sensitive to that kind of thing now. So. I mean, I think that was more than just a couple of places, but those are a few places I'm interested in. Well, pyramids alone is, is, is uh, covering a whole bunch of places on the planet. I know, like all over the world. <laughs> and so the last question I have for you is um, along the line of, of you know, the, the question that really started this podcast. And this is like, what's your dream for the earth? You know, and I want to accept the context of um, if we were able to... Um, think in just a little bit of a larger spectrum. So mm -hmm. I like to remind people of seven generations, you know, it could be both into the past, but also into the future. Like, mm -hmm. you know, there isn't a right answer to this questions I'm looking for. It's more like a curiosity to understand what is your personal earth vision? Well, <laughs> that's a pretty heavy one, but uh, not heavy, but broad. So the way I approach living on this planet personally I feel like the more kind of um in alignment we can be individually like as far as um kindness and kindness I don't mean just to other people but to ourselves to the earth to the plants to to just realize that we're so interconnected that um you know it takes each of us to really do our own internal work to be able to affect this kind of connected consciousness that we live in. So I guess in general, I just would love to see the more kindness, more kindness to the earth, more kindness to ourselves, more kindness to each other so that we can be interacting and connecting in a way that is sustainable for one. Um, if we're not kind to each other and ourselves, it's just perpetuating all this kind of like, really dense um, 
fear, fear-based living and um, in a way that's destructive. And I feel like there's a lot of people who are like interested in consciousness who are moving away from this kind of fear-based living, but it takes a lot of our own self-reflection and our own personal um, care before we can respect the plants and the animals and the oceans and all of that. If we're not really like living that truth within ourselves, it's really hard to make those changes in the world. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So ultimately, I guess, ultimately, I guess I'd like to see the world be kinder in general and more respectful of each other and just everything and be intentional with our, our choices and what we do. At least that's, I can only speak for myself. That's how I want to approach the world. I'm working on it every single day and I don't always succeed, but it's like my goal, you know? Kind and intentful world. I very yeah. much, I very much dig that. That is, yeah. That's a, that's it's a very- simple. It's really simple. And I know that the world is way more complicated than that, but we can only start with ourselves. It's so easy to point the finger at other people, at other places, at other things. But all we can do is act from our own place intentionally. And maybe um, through my work, I can share some of that energy, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's simple in a way, but also this question will usually takes people into you know the par- the paradoxes of this world as well where it's it's simple but yet we haven't fully achieved it as a as a human species right so it's it's worth moving yeah. into that direction I, I love this answer thank you so much thank you Is there anything else you'd love to share anything you'd like to point at or um, a website where people can find more of your work all these good things oh, yeah um I generally post a lot on Instagram. That seems to be where I hang out the most. I do have a website, but it's not updated as often, but it's eola.com. And Instagram is eola, at eola or at light round photos. So yeah, I'd love for people to follow along and share their thoughts on how they view what I'm doing because you know, it's, I, I think it's really interesting to get feedback, especially as an artist and just hear how the work that I'm doing is is or isn't impacting people or you know what the response how it makes people feel or not feel or whatever i think that's always fascinating for me so yeah i'll make sure people find your instagram as well i i love reflections and 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 comments or feedback myself too i think it's you know nothing exists in isolation we we do the artwork or the media work or the the expressions we do because we are in dialogue with with humanity right as, as a exactly and um i do set up sessions with people so that's another thing if someone's interested in that um i kind of bounce around a lot but i've been in california a lot this year so i'm also open to that and i just i i, I love what you're doing i love the intention of your podcast so i'm really honored to be able to share this conversation and catch up online with you <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much for making the time. I think it's, you know, it, it was a very interesting conversation about a, a realm of our existence that's a little harder to put into words. And so I highly appreciate yeah. your... So maybe next year I'll be able to put that into words better for you. Science is already a step, a step ahead and we can, you know, embrace a larger spectrum because this is really, in conversations like this, it's often about like, which part of the spectrum do you choose? Do you choose to go all the way esoteric about the conversation and therefore you're shutting the door to another group of people that is like well i don't mm-hmm. like to look at the world this way and then it works on the esoteric or do you open the spectrum to say well wait a second 
actually all of this is connected. Mm -hmm. We just haven't really figured out how yet. And so, so where is the, the closer to science languaging that then allows, let's say, a scientist who is fascinated to prove it out even further, to jump on board and, and mm -hmm. understand things? Because everything humanity has ever figured out started with a form of an insight or a form of a vision, a form of a, an idea that is like, I'm curious, how does this behave if I do it over and over again, right? Yes. Yeah. I think about that a lot with actually every single thing that we have like created into material things like the lamp behind you, for example, was just someone's idea at some point that didn't exist. So we have this ability to, to, to shift and um, direct the reality that we live in. So I'm also curious how much of how I approach this will influence what it becomes, if that makes any sense. Makes so much sense. <laughs> so yeah. I'm looking forward to like a recap once I've kind of like done my scientific research so I can be like, wow, this is what I discovered, you know? Okay, so um, part one of two to be continued. Yes. <laughs> So good to see you. And that's that, another episode of Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast. I hope you truly enjoyed this one and received some insights, knowledge, and a form of learning that you can directly apply to your life, into your relationships, or maybe even into your business and the way you show up for the world. Because this is a movement and we're all part of it. Very much so, and we're in this together. We're here to create a world of a triple bottom line where you win, I win, and the entire planet wins. We're raising consciousness together, and you know that. That's why you're listening. That's why I love you. So make sure to share the love. Hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Invite a friend to listen to Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast. And if you have an idea who else you'd like me to interview, make sure you reach out and send me a suggestion. Definitely check out greenplanet-blueplanet.com, the website to the podcast. I've created a lot of different offers for you, free content, free meditations for you to amplify your connection to self, the state of social impact in the world, and for you to connect and listen to who you could support of the people that I actually interview because their missions are ongoing and a lot of them need more collaboration. And after more than 100 episodes now, with some of the world's leading social impact experts, I have synthesized my most inspired learnings and takeaways to create coaching and mentorship programs for you and the people around you. Let me share with you about planetary purpose coaching and mentorship experiences. If you're in a space in your life where you're ready to level up to amplify who you are, what's coming through you and what you're doing to give your gift to the world, then I would love to hear from you and I'd love for you to apply to one of my private mentorships or group mentorships because getting all of the juice, all of that life force that's in you out into the world is something you deserve and the entire world around us deserves. Also, I work with people who are entirely new to this, to the topic of planetary purpose or the topic of meditation, the topic of inside evolution and revolution. And if that's you and you're ready to step out of the ordinary and into creation or if you know someone who is totally ready for that, make sure to check out the website or share the website. And you can also always shoot me a message on Instagram. I'll definitely read it and get back to you. Because, like, th guys, this is real life. Let's be in touch and let's create this together. Last but not least, there's a few different group experiences I host, both in person and online. All of them are quantum learning environments, and I'm happy to tell you more.
So simply inform yourself and stay connected because whatever resonates with you, I'm here to support you and bring out more purpose into the world. And with that being said, wherever you are in the world, make sure to be you, show up all the way, be all in, connect with someone today, make them smile, have yourself a stellar day. Lots of love to you and until soon. 